0: that believe. We're in season two, episode two. Um, I just want to, before we get started with everything, let me tell y'all something. I'm just so blown away by how this podcast is just reaching people all over the world and just, I'm blown away. And I want to just shout out um, my hometown, of course, Brunswick, Georgia, for people who are listening, continue to share it Um, Baltimore, More. listen, okay, I don't know that much about Baltimore except for that it gets cold in the wintertime, okay? I know it's up north, y'all may or may not have sweet tea, but hey, it is all right. I heard y'all have bomb seafood, okay? Everywhere up there, I heard y'all have bomb seafood, so cool. Shouts out to Baltimore, shouts out to New York, and Philly, listen, so... I told y'all I have a business, Blessed is She That Believe, right? And what I do is I design websites. I also um, help people with like marketing and advertising for their small businesses and stuff. Like I give them some like advice on that. This, y'all, I didn't go to school for this. Well, technically didn't know I was going to school for, Um, like I knew I wanted to be in instructional technology major. So that's what I went to school for for my specialist cuz I have um three degrees. Praise God. My first one is in English, my second is in public administration, and my third degree is instructional technology. It's my um educational specialist degree from University of West Georgia in Carrollton, Georgia. Shout's out. Um Go Wolves. Anyway, sorry I had to do that. <laughs> um So, instructional technology, I thought it was you know, you teach teachers how to use PowerPoint and how to type or something. No, it is so cool. Um, we basically can be, be like grant writers. We can do a bunch of stuff, but the one of the major things that we can do is we can hire ourselves out to companies to go in and assess where they are losing money or where they're doing something wrong that's affecting the business and we can restructure the organization. And that's basically what I do, um, with small businesses. I can kind of assess where they are and tell them to make some adjustments and stuff like that. So yeah, one of my, um, clients, her hometown is Philly. She brought me back a Philly cheese steak. Y'all, you know, did no disrespect to anybody in Brunswick making Philly cheese steaks, but I, I can't, not after I had a Philly cheese steak from Philly. You know, like, oh my gosh. Oh, it was so good. It was just, mm, yeah, I like to eat, okay? Big back fall and winter, okay? That's just about to happen if I don't stop eating. Oh my gosh, but that definitely that cheese that was great. Shouts out to Philadelphia for tuning in and listening um, to the podcast and San Jose. And also Atlanta, you can't say Atlanta, it's Atlanta, okay? It's Atlanta. Shouts out to Atlanta. Um, I got some people up there. My uh, sorority sisters are up there. Shouts out to them. I also want to shout out Brussels, Belgium. Like tuning in, not only tuning in, but is one, two, three, four, five in the top ten, in the top ten of most listened to podcasts in those areas. Like you know what I'm saying? Like wow, y'all are just. You know, I mean, I got Paris, France tuning in, San Francisco, the Bronx, the BX, um, a town outside of Brunswick, Darien, Georgia, shouts out, Charlotte, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, I believe, or it could be Jacksonville, North Carolina, wherever Jacksonville is, shouts out to y'all. Brooklyn, BK, okay, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Manhattan. Columbus, Chicago, Minneapolis, Birmingham, Miami, Dade County. I used to live there when I was a little girl. Um, let's see. It's Nashville, Montgomery, Monroe, Yonkers. Like, (laughs) it's crazy. It's crazy. Vancouver, Canada has tuned in for a little bit. Seattle, Washington. Um north las vegas i didn't even know there was a north las vegas i just thought las vegas was las vegas but hey shouts out to y'all for tuning in i just wanted to take the time to shout out these different places because you know if it wasn't for y'all the podcast wouldn't be doing well but i just want to say thank y'all so much for tuning in alexandria um santa fe belleville baytown some of these places i have never heard of But I want to say thank you for tuning in. (laughs) Maybe one day I'll get to visit Shreveport, Louisiana. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Vidalia. I know there's the only... It cannot be more than one Vidalia. The only Vidalia I know is Georgia. That's the only one. Uh, Hinesville, Fayetteville, Alfreda, Orlando. Like, all the places that I have been, Orlando, Alfreda, like great places to visit if you've never been there. Denver, thank you for tuning in. Um, Sometimes I wonder who the listeners are because of the people that I know in those particular locations. So it makes me wonder if y'all are, like, my people are listening, like, thanks. (laughs) Albuquerque. It's just just cool to go down the list. Uh, Lawrenceville, I think that's up there in Atlanta, near Atlanta. Savannah, Georgia, Seaport. Shots out. That's my other home. I um graduated with my undergraduate from Armstrong Atlantic State University in Savannah, Georgia. So just want to say thank y'all for tuning in once again. I appreciate it. Like y'all are the bomb.com. Um, so now my like overall downloads is almost at 1,400. Like 1400 listens y'all that's crazy that's crazy but then i got like six followers like (laughs) like come on like what are y'all doing but um i like to look at the analytics because it just kind of shows me um what people were listening to the most and what was and then i go back and listen to the messages that um the podcast episodes excuse me that i was um that i made Like the top five are Stay Full of Jesus, um, which was episode three of season one, season one, episode one, and episode two are second and third. Episode 20 is in fourth, um, the fourth most popular, and then episode six. So I'll have to go back and listen to those. Um just to kind of rejob my memory on what I was saying and kind of get an idea of what y'all like to listen to from the looks of it more so talking about my testimony where I am and how the Lord has been playing a role in my life and um I know stay full of Jesus was like that thing blessed me when I went back and listened to it I was like oh let me take some notes here um that was about not being full of God's word And what happens? You become thirsty and you become hungry. And like Snickers said, you are not you when you are hungry. And Sprite says, obey your thirst. So if you're not full of Jesus, you're going to obey the thirst of your flesh. That's what's going to happen. So that's episode three. Um, Episode one and two, I'm surprised those are in the top because, listen, nothing so ghetto. I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) Nothing. But um, episode 20, I... I can see why. I can see why with episode 20. That that was a good episode. I'm gonna go back and listen to that one after I get done with this. But anyway, I have rambled enough. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for every viewer, well not every viewer, but every listener uh to this podcast. Thank you so much for allowing them to tune in. Thank you that they can listen and and gather some information to help them move forward in whatever situation they're going in, Father. I thank you right now that someone will listen and give their life, their lives to Christ, Lord. Um, thank you so much for using me as your vessel. Thank you for using me to speak your word and be your mouthpiece. And I come against all distractions and delays. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So let's get into it. Um, this episode I titled lay in the sink the stink i can't talk anymore i guess i'm done but (laughs) it's called lay in the stink and the reason why it's called lay in the stink is because we're in john chapter five and we are talking about the account of the man at the pool of bethesda and it's so many different things i started taking notes um like i said in the last episode I wanted to take notes so that way I could stay on track and I won't just ramble 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 which I'm very good for um and I couldn't even get through all the notes because it's a lot of stuff here and the reason why I called it latest thing if you don't know about the account of the man at the pool of Bethesda so this is what happened I'm gonna give it to you in the summarized version it may be a little ghetto and I'm sorry but I need to get to the point because I've taught enough already for this podcast. So, in chapter 5 of John, in the book of John, which is in the New Testament, we find Jesus goes up to Jerusalem and in Jerusalem, there is a pool by the market, um, by the sheep market. It's called Bethesda, which means five porches in the Hebrew language. Uh, They're laid... They're like, it's a bunch of people that go to this pool, people who have physical disabilities, mental disabilities, like they're blind or um, deaf. They might have withered limbs, just, just something is wrong with them. And so they all go to this pool because they're waiting for the movement of the water because they believe that an angel go down, will go down and touch the water and it will move, you know, or bubble up or however. And... It, the first person in would get healed. So they were healed or whatever if they would just get into the water first, okay? Now we encounter this man who has an infirmity for 38 years. We don't know what the infirmity is, but he has an infirmity. So Jesus walks up to this man, okay? Now, I tell y'all to go back and reread the um, scriptures that we go over because like this is a great Bible study and I'm gonna tell y'all I grew up in church I'm church girl I grew up in church and the ministry that I'm a part of now I have been a part of this ministry since I was like 11 10 or 11 years old so I'm technically like a PK I'm an honorary PK you don't know what a PK is that's pastor's kid okay I'm an honorary uh, PK so I know a lot of the Bible I have read a lot of scriptures i have heard sermons on this particular um account in the bible i don't know how many times over all right however that does not make a difference you want to know why because you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling you have to walk this thing out yourself and so once i started walking this out myself i was able to see the Lord was the um, Holy Spirit was showing me stuff while I studied, and it was like whoa. Like I said in the last um, episode, ep- um, episode one, sitting in the stink with Lazarus, you can be in a church with fifteen other people, and the pastor could be preaching. Everybody's going to get something different because that's how the Holy Spirit moves. That's how the Holy Spirit works. That word hits you where you need it. It may not hit you in the eye like it does so-and-so. It may hit you in the ear because you need to hear it there. It may hit somebody else in the kneecap because they need to hear it there. You know, so it just works like that. Just like a teacher. Like I'm a teacher. I set my classroom up for students who have, who are, um, who learn better by visual auditory, tactile. So I do different things in my lessons to appeal to their learning style. That's kind of how the Holy spirit does it. He get, he, he ministered, like it's the same word, but it goes to where we need it the most to the area that we need to work on the most or that that we need to turn over to the Lord so he can work on it for us. So that's just how it goes. So as many times as I've heard about the man laying at the pool, It wasn't until I started working out my own salvation and walking this thing out for myself that I started to see this thing differently. And I'm going to show you what I'm talking about because I believe that this is going to apply to a couple of people who are listening. So I gave you the short version, but I'm going to pick up a verse for and read everything um, verbatim from the King James Version. So in verse 4 it says for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had and a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years when jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case he saith unto him wilt thou be made whole the impotent man answered him sir i have no man When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another step is down before me. Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Now, I guess I should have read verse two. Verse two says, now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. (sighs) <sighs> y'all okay numbers in the Bible have significant meaning okay the number 5 in verse 2 we, we find out in the Hebrew language Bethesda means 5 porches the number 5 means grace according to the Bible that's what that means it means grace we find out that this man is 38 years old. Or he's not 38 years old. He had this infirmity for 38 years. 38 means slavery or righteousness. This man was a slave to his situation. He had been laying next to this pool for years. He had no one to help him into the pool. They believed that... This pool was being troubled by an angel. but you have to think about this time. this was like during ancient times, so a lot of things were associated with spiritual um, things for them to understand. More, I would say I would dare to say more than likely this was not an angel troubling the water. this was more like a geyser and they didn't know what to call it you know they that was that was just what they said it was an angel cuz how is the water moving by itself and nobody's in there i don't know for sure i didn't do a lot of research on that but i wouldn't be surprised if it was actually a natural geyser and so they thought it was an angel um so this man was a slave to this infirmity for 38 years remember 38 also means righteousness and righteousness we can only be made right through accepting Jesus into our lives okay we can't get righteousness on our own there's no way because if we could be if we could make ourselves righteous then we wouldn't need Jesus to die on a cross for us um Hold on, I want to get the definition for that. Righteous means morally right or justifiable, acting in an upright or moral way, virtuous. So some in um, a verse, I know in the Bible, there's a scripture that says we've been justified. Um, if you think about justified, there's a setting on word processing systems called justification. What that does is, it lines everything up evenly on both sides of the document. That's what Jesus does for us. He takes us from left to right justification and puts us in full justification mode. So we're lined up evenly. That's what righteousness is. That's what it does. It justifies us. We can only receive that through Jesus Christ. We, we receive a robe of righteousness through Jesus Christ. Okay, So... This man was no longer a slave to his infirmity after Jesus got done with him. He was made right. He was made justified. He was made righteous, okay? So let's get to that part. Last week, we talked about sitting in this thing, how the Lord will allow a problem to linger in what we consider a problem to linger in our lives for a minute or two longer than what we would have wanted like we know we got to go through hard stuff and everything this is life it's not perfect but sometimes we like hold up i've been sitting in this thing for a while now in this state i don't like it i want to get out he allows us to sit there for a little bit longer to get some stuff off of us and for various reasons i'm talking about that last week today i'm talking about laying in the stink. so this man had an infirmity and it says he's impotent. But I'm telling you, these this is like an English teacher or an English major's dream. Looking these words up and listen, impotent means lacking bodily strength or physically helpless. That's what impotent means. It means other things. It means um, lacking power or ability utterly unable without force or effectiveness but we're going to go with lacking bodily strength or physically helpless okay he's physically helpless because he says in verse 7 I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in a pool but while I am coming another step of down before me (sighs) y'all okay this man here's the thing He can't get in a pool. You know, I know during medieval times, they took baths like rare. It was rare when they took baths. I mean, they go with the bubonic plague and stuff like that. I know it was probably caused by like a rat or something, but they were very unclean back then. Because, first of all, the water was contaminated a lot of times. So, to get fresh, clean water to wash with. Now, this impotent man... I don't know, but I don't see this man taking no bath. I just don't see him taking a bath. He can't move. He's, he's impotent. Okay. He can't move. I just don't see him getting to a shower, washing with some soap or just washing in the water, just rolling around in the water. I don't see him doing that. So he's staying. He's laying in his filth. I don't see him going to a toilet because they didn't have toilets, but they didn't have indoor plumbing. So I'm just trying to make it real because he's laying in his stink. And who knows who else is doing the same thing because everybody out there were impotent. It says in verse three, and these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. You had blind people. You had people who were deaf. You had people who couldn't talk. You had people who were physically like they couldn't move. So yeah, I bet it was stinky and they were laying in it. And if it was hot... My gosh. Mm. You ever been to a barn? Or around farm animals in the heat? It does not smell good. It doesn't. Um. So, yeah. I just don't see him taking a bath. So he's laying in his own filth. Laying in that. That is... Anyway, let me keep going because it's just because when you think about it, I mean There are some people who do not have that luxury to take baths if you have Running water It don't even have to be hot you have access to running water Where you can take a bath Whenever you want to you need to praise God right now You have indoor plumbing You know what? It, it don't even have to be indoors you have access to a toilet where you don't have to um, sit in your field, you need to praise God. Because there are some people still to this day in 2023 who do not have access to running water and who do not have a place to discard their waste, their bodily waste in a safe way. So we need to just be grateful for the things we have. I don't know who that's for, but stop complaining because things aren't going your way or the way you think they need to be going and pray, look around where you are and praise God for what you have. So we're in verse six, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, "Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. Listen, first of all, is that what he asked you? He asked you, would you be made whole? Let me tell you something. (laughs) It's one thing. I'm not a parent yet. I'm not a parent yet. However, being a teacher, when I ask my students a question I expect them to give me an answer according to the question I asked them. Nobody asked you about your background story, sir. Jesus asked if you wanted to be made whole. That's yes or no. you giving a whole background story. But I want you to catch something. Because, see, I caught this last year for the first time ever having heard this story preached. Well, not story. Excuse me. Having heard this account preached so many times verse six in the introductory clause when jesus saw him lie pause y'all when jesus saw him lie he didn't say lay next to the pool because see it's the difference between lie and lay and we all mess up Listen, English is the hardest language to learn, and I have to teach it. And I'm, I'm confused sometimes. I'm like, hold up, I gotta go to Google on this one now because I can't remember. Effect, effect. You know, like ah, what is the? <laughs> sometimes you just have to refer to Google or find a grammar book somewhere. Seriously, and it's the difference between lie and lay. I believe in this instance, it should have been when Jesus saw him lay. Or when Jesus saw him laying um, next to the pool. Or lay next to the pool. When Jesus saw him lie. Hold up. (laughs) How you see a lie? How do you see somebody doing something. Before they do it. This man. Told Jesus a lie. And Jesus saw the lie before he did it. Jesus. So I am just want you to think about that when jesus saw him lie (laughs) you ever got in trouble as a kid and your mama already knew what you did before you even told her she just knew she just knew what you did i can't say your daddy because dads don't be paying attention sometimes but your mama your mama knew you broke curfew. She knew you snuck into the window to get back in the house. She already knew it. And mamas be smooth, slick with stuff. Because the next day they'll be cooking breakfast or something. Like, so you had fun last night. What? I took my shoes off and everything to get in the house. How you heard me? Mamas are slick. I don't know how they know. But they know. It must be a mama intuition thing. I can't explain it. But Jesus saw the lie before the man told it. When Jesus saw him lie. So Jesus said to him, will you be made whole? This man then tells the lie. Because verse 7 is the lie. The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step is down before me. How you going to come if you don't have no physical ability of your body? See, I I have questions. Not only that, but you didn't answer the question. You lied to Jesus. And what is your infirmity again? What is the infirmity? Because let me look up the infirmity. Let me look up that word. Because, listen, we on the road tonight with Dictionary.com. Shouts out to the app. Infirmity. Infirmity, a physical weakness or ailment. Oh. Lack of strength, but then a moral weakness or failing. Bloop. A moral weakness or failing. So, this man, it said he had an infirmity. But his infirmity was not physical it was physical but the root of the of the infirmity was spiritual he had a lack of morality he had a he had a lack of moral weakness well he had moral weakness his moral weakness was he's a liar that was the infirmity he's a liar so many times we think we have a physical ailment but it's actually rooted in something spiritual Ooh, that headache that you've been battling for two years that you always got to pop Tylenol for, that might actually be a spiritual uh, root cause. You might be holding unforgiveness, and that's why you got a headache, because the unforgiveness is causing you to stress out, and the headache is coming from the stress of the unforgiveness. Okay, I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone, because I ain't here to preach, because that's I'm not a preacher. Okay. That's not, the Lord ain't telling me I was. Um, yeah, so the man's physical ail, ailment, his um physical infirmity could be stemming from the fact that he's a liar. We see it right there in verse 7. Jesus asked him in the end of verse 6, will you be made whole? Verse 7, this man come out with a whole fabricated story and anybody would have put me in the pool. That's one thing with this. So, you laying in the stink because of your own doing, because you a liar. Oh, gosh. You laying in the stink because you holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness and, and malice and wrath and anger. So, you laying there because of the fact that you won't let that stuff go. You laying there because he broke up with you and you still mad at him. And that happened 10 years ago. Let that go, sis. Be Elsa and let it go. Let it go. You mad because they done died and they still owed you $10 and so you mad at a corpse let it go friend let it go you you coughing and and hacking and stuff and got poor health because uh, I'm just and what I'm trying to say is I'm not saying that every physical ailment and stuff like that is rooted in spiritual. I'm not saying that but a lot of times we're not aware that what we're battling with spiritually is taking effect on us physically okay it shows up physically so just be aware be aware of what you're going through spiritually that's why you have to pray for and ask for discernment because it will creep up on you heart attacks it literally says it in the name An attack of the heart. Panic attack. An attack of panic. (laughs) Or an attack of anxiety. A lot of times, like, I know that panic attack that I had that birthed out the book. It was, it was like out of nowhere. It, it over, I had a bunch of thoughts running through my mind. And I was trying to figure out how it was going to get done. How this was going to happen. What was going to. And the Bible says to cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. And I specifically heard the Holy Spirit tell me in that moment also when you were born, that anxiety was not put in you. That was not put in you. And when I stopped and thought about it, I realized the anxiety stemmed from the trauma I went through as a child. And I said, that's where it started. That's where so you know, now that I know that, I pay attention to um I pay attention to what I'm doing. I make checklists for myself so I won't get overwhelmed. You know, I take necessary precautions. I don't claim that I have anxiety. I don't speak that over my life, but I'm not gonna sit there and just disregard it completely and act like it doesn't exist I know it exists I don't give power to it I don't because if I wanted to give power to it I wouldn't do anything to stop it the Lord gave me wisdom he gave me knowledge he also gave a bunch of people who have doctor degrees called doctors um, (laughs) the medical knowledge on how to deal with that without taking medicine and stuff so that's what I do um, I also watch what I eat sometimes I haven't been doing a good job of that since I had surgery surgery just kind of threw me all off. <laughs> these food trucks running around brother Georgia my gosh got us all in the choke <laughs> but what I eat what I eat um, affects um, my, the anxiety level greatly and also PCOS um, a lot of things from what I, I am realizing, like PCOS, um, anxiety, if you actually look at it, I know genetics, I know biology and all that stuff. I get it. It's in the family. It can be tra- passed down, but it can be in, it can be in you, but it can be dormant because what I have what I have found out from taking a psychology class, my last year on my EDS, a lot of stuff in us, it can be in our system, in our DNA, but something has to trigger it. It's like it has an on and off switch. Something triggers it to turn on. So I have been um, diagnosed with PCOS, um, and anxiety can come from PCOS because of the imbalance in the hormones and stuff. So that's another thing too. However, PCOS get, got started at some point in time in my life when something happened. So it's like an on-off switch. Um, this is just, for me, what I noticed about myself. I'm not a medical doctor or anything like that. So don't go talking about what Stephanie said. No, you need to go to the doctor and get checked yourself, okay? I'm just telling you what I've noticed. Like I said, a lot of stuff in our, we're born, we can be born with it, but it will lay dormant in our system, but something triggers it to turn on. Trauma, high levels of stress, not sleeping well, not eating right. Like, I'm pretty sure there are athletes who have high blood pressure, but maybe they didn't get high blood pressure until after they stopped playing sports and they didn't have to constantly stay on a, the, um, eat the food that they needed to eat to, to be able to do whatever they, they do. Maybe it happened after that and they put on some weight and they weren't working out like they were, Oh, excuse me before. So that's what I'm saying. Like some things can get triggered by what you eat, your lifestyle change, your choices and stuff. Um, I was going to say something I forgot. Oh, my surgery where my ovary was removed. Early this spring, um, they told me it was a dermoid tumor. Well, so it wasn't malignant or anything, but they said it's nothing you can help. It was there since you were born. But this thing was huge. The doctor came out after the surgery to tell my mom and my sister. He was like, "That thing was huge." That's what he said. He, my mama told me. My mom and my sister told me he he came out saying it like that. So, I'm sitting there like, so you mean to tell me I had a dermoid tumor in my ovary from the time I was an embryo and my cells are forming? Because basically a dermoid, from what I've read and what the doctors told me, is the, it's one of those things, those cysts or tumor or whatever that grows in people and they have the teeth and the hair and the eyes or whatever. Mine only had hair, so don't, Mine only had hair in it, which is ugh. But um, I'm sitting here like, and and so how those cysts form or tumors form is they didn't go. It's basically a bunch of cells that went rogue. Okay, you have skin cells, you have eye cells, you have hair cells. Everything is your whole body is made up of cells. Okay, so. The cells that were supposed to go to the the hair and the cells supposed to go to the skin and they decided to do their own thing and they met up to have lunch and they were on an extended lunch break basically and they just made their own little thing but it was small and hidden for 37 years almost until it started growing and causing problems and I mean, it, the doctor said it was wrapped around. Like, it was laying over to the other side of my body. That's how big it was, had stretched my ovary out. So there was no way they were going to save my ovary. Um, and I saw the MRI, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, yeah, take that out and take some of that fat out, too, you know, so I can have a six-pack, but the doctor didn't want to do that. And I was like, oh. but, um, <laughs> But, yeah, so at some point in time, this thing got triggered and it grew. It grew to the point where now it's causing problems. That's the way sin is. You, Ooh, ooh I see how you did that, Lord. You said way that, okay. That's how sin is. You know, you have it hidden, and we're going to get into this later on in the season. You have that sin hidden, and it ain't bother nobody. I ain't hurting nobody. This me, this all on me. I ain't hurting nobody. That thing start growing you don't even notice it's growing because you're just going on with your life. It's growing. It's causing problems. You can't sleep at night. You wonder why you can't sleep. You wonder why you snapping at people. You wonder why this over here happened and that over there happened. It's because of sin. It's because of sin. And now it done grew so much it's out of control. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You let it lay that long enough. It's going to cause some problems. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump that's what the Bible says Ugh. man that's crazy that's real crazy it'll start it'll do some damage too and that's what was happening with my ovary it was so it was almost to the point where it almost ruptured like they caught it in time before it ruptured but it was it was out of control like it was but what started it you know it's like That's what I've been thinking about when I think about the whole situation is what made it decide to just start growing? Like, what happened? It's been laying there this whole time. And I'm going to tell you the crazy part. In 2017, I had an ultrasound done because I was having issues. I said, something don't feel right. They didn't see anything. They never saw anything. (laughs) So here we are. Five, six years later, there it is. But they never saw anything on that. I said, that's crazy. It just, boop, there it is. Oh. So, that's how, like I said, that's how sin is. To the point where, and this man, he's lying. He's a liar. He he lying to Jesus. See, sometimes that sin can get so out of control it, you can't even hide it no more. It's just out there saying hey to everybody you know. Hey. <laughs> hey. And you trying to act like stuff normal. It ain't normal. You can't even hide it no more. You embarrassed by it, but you can't stop it. You embarrassed by it, but you you gotta you you gotta do what it wants you to do. Because you're a slave to it. Like he was. He was such a slave to that lion spirit. That he was even lying to the son of God. Wow. Wow. Mm. And. But I want to say this. It's another thing. I told y'all about chosen. You got to watch the chosen. Like. Wow, The Chosen is so good. And they actually had this as an episode. And as I was watching that episode, you know it popped in my head. This man is laying by the pool of Bethesda. He has an infirmity where he can't walk. He's dragging himself to the pool. Day in and day out, every time this pool gets trouble, he's trying to get there. Now he's going to lay close to it so he can just roll himself in. But people still stepping on him. People still kicking him and pushing him out the way and he getting mad and he think he, he hate God at this point and he mad and all this stuff. But you know what I thought about when I saw that? What if that was God's way of saving him by not letting him get in that pool? what if God Kept him from getting into that water because he would have drowned in that. Mm. He couldn't use his limbs, as far as we know. We don't know what the infirmity is, but you know, educated guesses that he couldn't move since he can't get into the water. And he said that, um, people are passing him by and nobody puts him in the pool, so we're going to assume that he couldn't use his limbs. So if that Just think about it. You can't use your limbs, but you want to get in the pool. What's going to happen to you? You're going to drown, fool. You're going to drown. What if that was God's way of protecting him from dying? See, a lot of times we think that God is holding us back from getting what we want and stuff and stuff ain't happening the way you want it to. God is trying to protect you from death. He's trying to protect you from getting heartbroken. He's trying to protect you from doing something stupid. And you mad at him. And I'm talking to myself because I had this conversation with myself earlier today. How are you gonna get mad at God for answering your prayer because He's not answering it the way you saw it in your mind? it the way you want him to do it how you gonna get mad at that Hmm. think about that for a minute i'm, I'm gonna give y'all about 10 seconds to think about that because who, child mm. Mm. i i'm just y'all It's, it's, <laughs> when I thought about that with my situation, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I am so sorry for being arrogant and proud because that's all it is. that is. It's three sins. The lust of the eyes, it was three categories that all sin falls under. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those are the three categories that every sin falls under. It's going to fall under one or the other. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Proud of life. That's arrogant. You ask God to help you or whatever you ask God to do. He does it, but he does it in his way. I mean, why not? Because he got, he does it the way he wants to do it and you get mad because he did it that way and not your way. He is not Burger King. You can't have it your way. You ask him for a cake and he gave you all the ingredients you need to make the cake. But you mad at him because he didn't give you the cake already made. You, oof, y'all. Like I said in the last episode, a lot of the stuff that I went through was to prepare me for what he blessed me with. And had I not gone through those things... I would be so ungrateful and I would not appreciate what he's, what he has blessed me with and what he's about to bless me with. I wouldn't appreciate it. This man, and you know, it says he in a certain man, when you see certain in the Bible, that means chosen. This man was chosen for this. I know it's crazy, right? How can I be chosen to go through such hard things? How can I be chosen to endure that? How could, why is this my life? You were chosen for such a time as this. You were chosen, man of God, woman of God. You were chosen. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We don't want to hear stuff like that. We want to hear, no, it's your season. It, time is coming. And I know I said that in the last episode, but it's different. Okay? Because I ain't trying to lie to you. I'm going to tell you straight like it is no chaser. That's how it is. Okay? You... <laughs> And I just saw a post um, in my phone that I screenshot from like over a year ago. It said none of the women in the Bible had it easy. They all had it hard. And that's for everybody who was chosen. Everybody had it hard. Everybody had something wrong with them and something hard they was going through. Look at Hannah. Hannah was getting bullied by her husband's other wife. And Hannah's womb was shut up. Didn't say she was barren. Her womb was shut up. The Lord didn't open her womb to receive seed to get pregnant. So her problem was her womb was shut up. Or her problem was she was getting bullied. And her quote unquote infirmity was that her womb was getting shut. Was her, her womb was shut up. So she had something wrong with her. And she was going through a hard time. Okay uh who else we got Ruth Ruth husband died unexpectedly she in a different place with her mother-in-law something was wrong with her oh and she was a Moabitist. something was wrong with her and she was going through something hard um anybody I mean we can look at it I mean you want to talk about the woman with the issue of blood cuz we talk about her too which we are gonna talk about her later I mean we could talk about uh jayaris's daughter i mean she got sick and then she died something was wrong with her and she had a problem everybody had something going on uh, <laughs> so many are called, few were chosen if you were chosen to go through something tough for the glory of god just know It's going to get rough, but when you come out of it, you're going to come forth as gold. Look at Job, because let me tell y'all something. I done been through some hard stuff, and I know everybody who is listening, you done been through some hard stuff, but I don't think we have ever gone through anything like Job. I think he had it worst of all other than Jesus. I'm just saying, I'm just saying the man lost everything, including his son's and one day his wife told him to curse God and die his friends ain't no help either so I don't think we have gone through something of that scale I mean I don't know y'all like that but I know in my life I've gone through some stuff but I ain't gone through nothing like that I don't know if I would be mentally stable if I went through something like that you know some people look at me and try to figure out why you're still in your right mind after the stuff that I've gone through. But can you imagine, Job, the stuff he went through? <sighs> anyway, next time you get ready to complain about where you are and your walk with the Lord and why you got to go through, think about Job, you're going to stop talking real quick. Because remember, it could always be worse because somebody is going through something worse than you are. You might be that somebody going through something worse that somebody has to look at to get them to stop talking. So it's always somebody going through something worse. Just remember that. I know it's hard, but remember that. Now, let's see. This man was chosen for this. It says, "In a certain man, you could say in a in a chosen man was there. He was chosen to." Be the one that the Lord healed that day at this pool. This is the third point I wanted you to see. I probably went out of order with this, but when Jesus asked him, "Wilt thou be made whole? And this man lied to him. You know what Jesus did? Jesus went ahead and healed him. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but if you go through all of the accounts in the New Testament where Jesus was healing people, um, not like the masses, but the people that are mentioned heavily, like the woman with the issue of blood, um, Jairus's daughter, which we can't really use her cause she was already deceased or sleeping when he got to her. <coughs> um, a lot of times Jesus asked people, do you want to be made whole or your faith has made you whole? or you know something like that if you notice faith plays a key role in your healing in your deliverance in your miracles and stuff your blood like you gotta have faith you 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 have to because it says he who comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You have to believe that God is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You you can't go to God with no faith. Faith moves mountains, literally. Faith will make you get up out of a bed that you were bound to. Faith will, listen, faith will get you a job that you didn't even apply for, that you weren't even trying to get. Faith will do that. <laughs> faith will get you the job without the interview. Ask me how I know. Faith faith will do that to you. Faith will do that for you, I'll say. So just know you have to have faith. You have to have faith. You can't you can't go to God without it. But Jesus just asked this man Will you will you be made whole? Huh. Because see, getting healed and being made whole or being healed and being made whole are two different things. Being healed, like you get healed from something physical. Being made whole is physical and spiritual. And see, Jesus asked him that after he saw him lie. Will you be made whole? Will you be made whole from lying? Will you be made whole from adultery? Will you be made whole from cheating? Will you be made whole from gambling? Whatever it is, Jesus asks us, will you be made whole? He doesn't ask, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made whole? It's completeness. Being whole means you are complete. Jesus makes us whole when we accept him into our hearts. That, listen, but the man never said yes or no, and Jesus still went ahead and healed him. See, the thing is, when you get healed, you can get injured again. Something else can break. When you made whole, you're complete. You are complete. There's nothing missing. <sighs> mm. And so after the man lied, he then told him his little story. Verse 8 says, Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. He gave him three commands. Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. But verse 9 says, And immediately... The man was made whole. Took up his bed and walked. On the same day. Was the Sabbath. Hmm. It didn't say the man arose. It said he. Was made whole. Took up his bed and walked. I know you probably like. Well, obviously, he had to get up to take up his butt. you missing it. Like, it repeated everything he was, that Jesus commanded him to do, except for rise. He was made whole. Jesus still made that man whole when well, he never answered the question, yes or no. because to be made whole you have to have jesus see the man could have got up because jesus told him to get up like okay rise that would have been in the man's strength but you can't be made whole in your own strength wow you have to have jesus to be made whole and see verse 11 i didn't even see this before jesus told the man to rise take up thy bed and walk in verse eight now the jews um like the pharisees sadducees they were like telling the man you ain't supposed to be carrying your bed this is Sabbath. he answered them he that made me whole the same said unto me take up thy bed and walk jesus told him rise take up thy bed and walk It was three things Jesus told him to do. He told him to rise, take up your bed, and walk. This man said he told me to take up my bed and walk. (laughs) Oh, man. But he was made whole. When you get delivered from something, sometimes it takes a minute for it to kick in, like a perm. It takes a minute for it to kick in and work. He was omitting stuff, but he was made whole see when you get delivered when the lord has made you free from your chains of bondage and stuff don't worry about what people are going to talk to you about don't worry about that if you miss a step see this man he missed the step jesus told him to rise he told him to rise take up your bed and walk this man said he told me to take up my bed and walk the man was made whole that's the most important thing is that he was made whole yes he omitted something he didn't tell it all the way right but guess what? He was made whole. I bet the next time they saw him, they couldn't recognize him because he was made whole. He was in righteousness. He was made right with God. When you get saved, you ain't gonna do it right all the time. You you're not, you're gonna mess up, you're gonna you gonna slide, you're gonna slip. But get back on track, get to your word and stay near the cross. I know because I have done it. I have backslid before, I don't failed in the sin before, I am not perfect. I, I say stuff sometimes that's wrong. I I think stuff that's wrong sometimes. But you know what? At the end of the day, I've been made whole. I've been made free. I know that. I know that when I close my eyes on this side, I'm going to open them and see Jesus' face. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I know that. Because we are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. I ain't saying going out there and you doing your stuff. And then go oh okay i'm sorry lord no i ain't talking about that i'm talking about you are walking each and every step the lord tells you to walk he tell you to go left you going left he tell you to go right two paces you go right two paces and you sit still and you wait for the next instruction you gonna you gonna slip you gonna mess up we're human we were born in sin shaping in iniquity we're human and a righteous man falls seven times but gets back up get back up dust yourself off and continue to carry your cross this man he took up his bed and he walked but he was made whole that's all I have for y'all today when you lay in that stink and Jesus calls you out to make you whole take up your bed and walk rise, take up your bed and walk And don't look back. Don't look back. He had to take up his bed because he needed a reminder of where he came from. See, Jesus could have took the bed up for him and threw it somewhere. No, you take up your own bed. Because having to do that is a constant reminder of where you came from. You don't dwell in it. You look back at it like, look at where God brought me from. That's why he told us to take up his cross and follow him. Take up, take up our cross and follow him. When We take up our own cross. We ain't got time to be looking at everybody else. Take up their own cross. Their cross heavy. But we can do it in Jesus name. We can take that cross up in Jesus name. That cross is to remind us. That Jesus. Gave his life for us. Because we couldn't do it on our own. Alright y'all. I'll talk to y'all next week. Y'all have a great rest of your week. I pray that you meet every divine appointment that the Lord has for you. I pray that you have protection, that the angels excel in strength to protect you, and that you have restful night's sleep. Talk to y'all later.